Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Barkdoll's Unplugged. I'm Miley. I'm Paxton. And it's so good to chat with you guys again. Yeah, glad to be back. Yeah, so I don't know if you listened to our other, our most recent episode before this one, but we did announce that we are going to be doing podcast episodes every other week. So instead of dropping a new podcast every Monday, we are now changing it to every other Monday. So last week was kind of our off week and Mm -hmm. then we're back this week. Yep. But we're living life in between. So we have stuff to talk about. Right. (laughs) And we just wanted to focus more on quality versus quantity. And I think it'll also help kind of with our mental load to do it every other week. Definitely. Yeah. We're both involved in a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So I think this is a good change and I'm excited for it. But of course, we're thankful for you guys listening and keeping up with us. And, uh, you know, we hope you continue to listen. Today is a fun topic, although I do say that every single week. Um, We both recently read a book through our ears, otherwise known as an audio book. And I actually was posting about... um, like book recommendations, and one of my friend's little sisters, that's how I refer to her because <laughs> I haven't much seen her in person, so, but I mean, her name's Lydia, and she offered or told me about a book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key, and um, so, yeah, I mean, I bought it like the next day uh, on Audible and have listened to it. Well, we both, well, have you finished it? No, I was going to say, I haven't Dang. officially finished it. Okay. Um, well, I finished it. I'm I on like finished chapter it five. in a week, and it was like eight and a half, nine hours. Yeah, you did finish it pretty fast. This is also my first book I've ever listened to, gotcha. like on an audiobook, but I okay. like it because it reminds me of a podcast that I can just kind of pause and play, like whenever it's convenient for me. Like it feels like I always have content, you know, to mm-hmm. listen to. Yeah. Yeah, so I finished it super quick because it was life changing. Seriously. It was super good. I'm already telling changed you, my life. Yeah. We have lived our lives differently. Literally, that's why we're doing a podcast on the impact this book has already yeah. had on our lives. And I will say, after what was it, the forward or even the first chapter, maybe it's the introduction, but okay. that I felt like that was basically all I needed to be fully convicted and to want to live differently. Like after that, like I felt like the most impactful part of the book was whatever that first little insert was. It's hard for me to remember because they were just reading it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that first part was really (laughs) good. It really was. And, um, I mean, I listened to that basically and I was like, we were painting and I was listening to it and I was like, Miley, you need to listen to this too. So I signed her into my Audible. <laughs> it's really uh, good. The yeah. gospel comes with a house key is what it's called. By Rosaria Butterfield. Yeah. Pretty sure that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that, that today. The premise of the book is um, something she calls radical, ordinary hospitality, um, which is basically to her um, just letting people in your life every single day. That's a hard thing to fathom. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, but I think it, you know, however deep you go into that, letting people in, um, it's always good. And even if it is messy, um, it's always worth it. So, but you do have to take care of yourself and things like that. So whatever we do talk about, like, 
you know, you got to really find out your level of hospitality. If it inspires you, like don't feel convicted if you're like, or don't feel bad if you're like, man, I'm, I'm not having people over two or three times a week. I'm not right. Like I'm not serving. I'm not in the community. You know, it's like, it's only there to boost you from where you are so that you can kind of, um, you know, it's encouraging, not like a condemnation, like, Oh, you're not serving. You're not in community, that sort of thing. And everyone is in different seasons of life. So that has a lot to do with it as well. But we were really challenged by this book that no matter the house, our house size, no matter what season of life we're in, um, to, to see people really, um, and to be in community. So I feel like so far overall, my biggest takeaway is, you know, because I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I also work from home. Basically, my entire life is done in my home, and I don't get out much. I don't see people very often. Mm -hmm. And so literally to the point where when I saw people, I would almost um, unintentionally avoid them. Yeah, I posted the other day on social media that, like, whenever I go for walks, I, like, what's the phrase, duck and hide, Duck and cover. Duck and cover whenever I would see people like in their cars. Like I would intentionally, or if I passed someone, uh, somebody else that was walking, I would look at the road. Like <laughs> intentionally not making eye contact. Same. And so I just felt very convicted to um, see people, to get out of my bubble, and to let people in. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. It was kind of like a, like a jump start for us. Um, like waking up something that you know, we've always kind of had within us, but you know, we're still young and we haven't experienced a bunch of life. And so, you know, we got married and we were a part of a really rich community through our college, which was not rich financially rich. Like, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's common. Or what I just said, uh, I don't think they, Oh, I can't even really explain what you meant. Like rich, like it was just there and good and flourishing. It was was full. It was all around us. It was in, I don't rich. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not financially. So it was just a very rich community. And so, you know, we were always around people in a good way. Um, When we had Hazel, you know, the first three or four months, I mean, you just do what you have to do. You go to work, come back, and you're just with this baby and, like, you're sleep deprived. So it's not like you're reaching out to a lot of people to serve them. Yeah, definitely (laughs) in that season, we were on the receiving end of a lot of hospitality. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it was a wake up call or just a jump start into, you know, now we have no excuses. You know what I mean? It was like, all right, your baby's a year old. Um, and we're saying that because we've always had the dream of hosting people. Miley's always had a dream of hosting people in our house specifically. So it's like, well, what are we waiting for? For a while it was, you know, we've got a baby, um, you know, for a while it was our house isn't big enough. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can hinder us from doing that. And eventually, you know, after listening to this book, we were like, well, I think we should just do it anyways. Or just start, just start somewhere, you know, with what we have. Yeah. Um, that's what I was actually going to say. I was going to bring up the fact that, I mean, for most of our lives up until now, we've been in school really heavily involved in church community and we went to a ministry school. And so there was a heavy community element to that. And so we weren't lacking in that area. 
And now that we are adults, we've graduated. And now even to a greater extent, we have a child. And not only that, but we're the first of our friends, really. We only had one other friend that also has a baby. So it can kind of feel that because we're in different stages of life, um, okay, like maybe they won't understand or you have to be way more intentional because as college students, we used to hang out at night, but now Hazel goes to bed at 7.30, so we have to plan stuff during the day or they have to come to us. And so because of the season of life that we're in right now, we're realizing that we stayed in the same routine that we were in when we were in college and we have to be more intentional now Yeah, to have that same community. Yeah. We don't live in the, well, you're obviously not there. I'm still there cause it's at our church. So I'm at our church. That's true. Almost in the same environment. You on the other hand are at home. So to have our whole family, you know, in this community, like we always have, it's a little, you have to be a lot more intentional. And it's more than the 7.30, like, go to sleep time and all that. It's it's also, like, the weight and responsibility of, like, your family, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's a hard thing to adjust to. <laughs> and I think it was for us, you know, we just clung to each other a lot, which is really good. Um, and we've always had good support, but it's just easy to be like, all right, the day's over, she's asleep. We got to clean up a little bit and watch our show and go to bed. I mean, you know, like for a while, that was like all that we did. Yeah. (laughs) And also COVID. That's true. So half of her life was spent in COVID restrictions. So, you know, there were so many, not just excuses, but circumstances around why we were um, being a lot more introverted in the sense that we weren't having a lot of people over all the time. Yeah. We didn't have people in our home, especially I did want to add that I feel like people, and this is especially true for me. I not only get caught up in my own routine, but I get caught up in big decisions I'm having to make, or maybe problems that are happening in my life. And it's not intentionally. Um, but for example, whenever I was getting ready to graduate college, it was, okay, what's my job going to be? Whenever I was getting ready to transition jobs, it was, what's my next job going to be? And so we can get caught up in these big decision moments, or maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe someone, you have a loved one who is sick and you're really consumed with that. It's so easy to get caught up in our own personal worlds and what's happening and the good things that are happening, the bad things, the sad things, the hard things. Life is hard that we just forget to see that other people are in need as well. They not only do we need community, but they need community too. Like we were built for each other, created to be in community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, selfishness was a big part of why I think, you know, for a while we didn't engage in things like that. Like if you think about it, um, most of the time you hang out with people that you've always hung out with. Like, yeah. Whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah. It's just like, you just do. Yeah. And, um, I forgot what else I was going to add on to that, but (laughs) I definitely, I mean, we definitely would just hang out with the same group of people. Yeah. The same, like, three couples. Oh, I was going to say something about being selfish. And just about how, um, oh, this is what I was going to say. I did an interview the other day 
with um, some graduate students uh, interviewing people about mental health. And she asked me what got me out of bed like when I was depressed and going through um, some hard mental battles in depression. And I really couldn't answer it at first, um, but then I could. (laughs) took a little bit. Uh, We talked a little bit more, and I was like, you know what? I think what does get me out of bed, like gets my shoes on, is people, you know? Yeah. Like, I've always struggled with mental health, and for a while, it's because I wasn't taking care of myself, you know, in the way that I should. Um, I was doing a lot of things. I was working a lot, school, all this stuff. makes it hard to do proper self-care. But when I figured out self-care, and I was still getting depressed... It was like, okay, what's going to get me out of bed now? Not yeah. just a walk or a meditation or anything because I've already done all these things. Like the next level for me, um, besides medical professional health, <laughs> of course, therapy and all those things, was people. So on Saturday I felt horrible, but I still went to one of my kids' hockey, hockey games, you know? And you know, I didn't necessarily want to be there and be loud and cheer, but uh, well, I didn't want to at all because of what I was going through, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. So I got out of bed, you know, and, um, I feel like that's part of what this book did. It reminded us life is more meaningful when it's for people. Yes, absolutely. And we're Christians. There's a lot to unpack there, but you know, we believe in Jesus and in the Bible, there's stories of Jesus, you know, where, I mean, he barely ever had a moment alone, (laughs) which is kind of crazy to think about, but he did. And it said he would sometimes go retreat and like go to a mountain. Like literally he would have to go to a mountain so people wouldn't follow him because he, I mean, he was healing everybody. So he'd go to a mountain and pray and be by himself. And, um, he took care of that. But when he was out with people, it was everybody all the time. Like, and he was never like, you know how we can get like irritable. And we're like, all right, okay, finish the small talk. I'm trying to leave, you know? Yeah, we get so caught up in our own schedules, too. I do, for sure. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, that's that's what's been on my heart in regard to the book lately. That makes me think of... that makes me think of the book Everybody Always, and I've never read it, but I feel like I wonder if it could kind of tie into this. Like, it makes me want to look into it and maybe read that one next. Um, I've heard really good things about it. Like, well, only I have good it here. things. Oh yeah. Have you ever read it? I read like three chapters of it. Oh, am I on track to say that it's kind of similar? Um, I mean, yeah. Everybody always, I yeah. guess. I don't, I don't really remember it. Oh, okay. Well, I want to look into that book. Yeah. Probably next. Yeah. I think, you know, the book talks a lot about, um, your neighbors and like the people you judge, you know, um, like in the book, she lived by this, uh, drug dealer. Basically, he was yeah. a, he made meth, literally. He had a meth lab in his house. She didn't know that, of course, but he was weird. He was depressed and like he was a war vet, had PTSD, and he didn't talk to anybody. Yeah, but, he was like a real recluse. And like everybody knew in the neighborhood, but they were the only ones that reached out to him as friends. And that impacted me a lot because I, you know, it didn't matter how nice and kind you think you are. And, uh, you know, whatever social activist person you are and I don't know, it doesn't matter what, just about what you say. It sounds cliche, 
but who are your friends? Who are the people that you're actually opening into your life, you know, bringing into your life, whether they have different beliefs or they're, you know, whatever. They look different than you. They look different or people don't like them, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to give, um, like, a brief overview or do you feel like we did a good job of doing that of what the book is well the main thing about this book um the lady was a lesbian um and she was in college and this christian uh couple invited her over and unlike other christians (laughs) yeah they didn't make fun of her they didn't immediately say she's wrong they didn't judge her um they just had her over for dinner and with some other friends too, you know, um, some other people that had different beliefs and things like that. And, um, you know, just had her over for dinner <clears throat> and, uh, like that relationship continued and they didn't push anything on her, which was a big part of this book. But, yeah. um, eventually later on down the road, like she sees the love of these people and realizes that this is true and Christianity is about this loving people. And, um, she starts to do the same thing in her household, just bringing people in. Feeding people was the main thing. Feeding people was the main thing. And, um, like leaving the door open to neighbors, to anybody yeah, all the time, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. And she actually opens up in the book and she's like, no, I really am an introvert. Like in the morning I get up at four 30 so that I can have enough time by myself but my life is for people. The best way to show love to people is to bring them in. And she calls it uh, table hospitality. I don't know. But yeah, the main thing remember. that she did with that, you know, with people was have them over for dinner, you know? Yeah. Um, everybody over for dinner. Jesus sat with sinners. Jesus sat with tax collectors, prostitutes, all these people. And she talks about how you know, we're called to do the same thing. Yeah. Because everybody's human. And no matter what you've done, you know, it doesn't make you better than anybody else. What you believe in doesn't make you better than somebody else, you know? And they're all image bearers of God. Yeah. No matter what they've done. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, there's a bunch of different stories in the, in the book that she gives that like, that are really inspiring. Yeah. Um, that's an overview of the book. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you did a good job. Um, we've definitely been stretched in that area. And so that's kind of what the overview is. And um, so, you know, we talked about before the book, B, BB, before the book, <laughs> we just kind of like just lived our own lives separate of people. I mean, you know, we'd have our friends come over every now and then for game nights. Um, there's, you know, specific friends that we're closer to that we do play dates and things like that pretty frequently, actually. Um, but never really opening up the circle, um, inviting people to the quote unquote table, um, and being intentional in that area. And so after listening, even for me, just a couple of chapters of the book and Paxton's listened to the whole book now, we want to change that. And so we looked around and we're trying to figure out what do we have that we can utilize. And so, you know, we don't have a huge house that has, uh, you know, it kind of gets crammed really quickly whenever we invite people over, but we have a big backyard. Mm -hmm. And so 
what we are in the process of doing and what we've done a couple times already is just inviting people over, you know, Paxton will grill something. We'll ask people maybe bring a side or a dessert so we can kind of feed everybody. Um, and we'll cover the main, like main dish and we'll do a fire and we'll just eat and hang out. Yeah. And be with people. And it's also just like, it's special to have community like that, you know, that includes more than just your church friends. Yeah. And maybe for you, you don't go to church. Well, it's more than just your college friends or more than just your family. Yeah. For a lot of people, it can just be family and and that's not bad, but community is special when you bring all these people together, young and old, um, different backgrounds is a big thing for me that I, that I really want to, um, you know, my life was so privileged. Um, I was blessed. I was privileged. And I know a lot of people that, you know, have a lot of the same beliefs as me, but they don't have the same background as me. And, uh, it's kind of crazy how they ended up in the same spot. I'm like, I went some of that. If I went through some of that stuff, I don't know if I would be where I'm at, you know, yeah. like, and they're stronger than me, you know, in that regard. But I just see them as, you know, another church friend and, yeah. or another person I just see, you know, and you don't go deeper with those people. So, so something that's actually been really fruitful for me is I felt like, what was it? Maybe two weeks ago, I kind of had this like breaking point where I mentioned earlier that I spend almost all my time at my house. Um, I try to get out a couple times a week when Paxton's mom watches Hazel and I do work, but still I am home 90% of the time. Um, and I love being home with my daughter, you know, but I felt like I was losing myself in my house. I felt like I was losing myself in motherhood and I couldn't even remember what I liked to do for myself. I couldn't remember my friends outside of Paxton. I, even though Paxton and his parents and, you know, I have help, I have people who offer me, um, you know, time alone on the weekends. And when that time was offered to me, I didn't even know what I liked to do by myself. And so something that's been really cool. And ever since I kind of had that realization, I have been trying to be intentional in that area as well. So, uh, for the past couple of weeks, I've gone to like a college night at our church when Hazel goes to sleep at night and Paxton's home with her. Um, and I just go by myself and I hardly knew anybody. It was all people from different walks of life. I felt so uncomfortable and very introverted, but it was so good because I feel like I'm making relationships with people I might not have ever really thought I could connect with in different ways. And so in that, I'm trying to be intentional in that area, but also as we've started to have people over with no agenda, um, we have just been inviting, like Paxton said, everyone, you know, not people that were, um, only in our close friend group. We really expanded onto that. Even if it's people that we've only shared a couple conversations with, um, we wanted to be intentional to invite people that maybe were in different groups, quote unquote. And so as much as, 
you know, maybe we're hosting, so maybe it's considered our hospitality. I have been really blessed in return Mm -hmm. just with being in community again, being, um, around physically around other people has been so good for me. Yeah. It's been good for me too. I mean, it's a little bit different because I'm around people all day. Um, but you know, all day is my job, you know? Nine to five. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm around people for that reason. Like, it's my job. And uh, it's kind of hard to make relationships in that way when it's your job, you know. I do have special relationships at work, and a lot of those people are my friends outside of work. Um, but, you know, having people over um, after work can sometimes be hard because I'm already kind of drained. But I'm realizing that I'm kind of just putting that on myself, like, oh, it's after work. I finally don't have to be around people. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that's up to personal preference. I just know that I'm so much more fulfilled when I yes. do more yeah. with people, um, do more life with people, you know? And also, it could also kind of be like, so Paxson works in a group office kind of there's four people whose offices are in this one or whose desks is in this one big room. And I feel like it could also be kind of like this thing where you're around people all day, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're having intentional. Yeah. Like an enriching conversation with them. Yes. Yeah. And so just kind of doing things outside of work. And I mean, you know, you're at work, you're, you've got things that you have to do. They have things. So it's not saying, you have to have that 24-7 at work. Oh, yeah. No, but, it's just a fact. Though. Yeah, it's just yeah. how it is. So even though you feel like you're around people, it's really good to have time where you're not on your phone. You're not doing a task, and you're just getting to know someone. Yeah, everybody needs that, like needs relationships where they can be enriched just by knowing somebody else, you know? Yes. Another aspect to this also is we want to have space in our lives where we're more open with people and in turn they're open with us. So really just kind of honing in on the concept of doing life with people. Um, you know, we're not perfect. We have plenty of struggles and it's much better to go through life and life struggles with people surrounding you and in your corner, um, versus just alone or just, you know, with your immediate family. And in turn, we want people to feel comfortable to do the same with us. Yeah, we do. I mean, I I have a heart for our house to be like a safe place for people, you know. Definitely. Um, And I feel like it it gets mixed up of like, oh, you're a Christian and like this is just your agenda, you know. And Mm. like, you know, beyond that, I just want to love people. Like I want them to, I want to feed them. Yeah. And like love on them, like come have some food and a fire and I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I will say I've been really challenged because if you follow me on social media, then you probably know I'm not the best cook. Um, I've been challenged. Like food is a beautiful thing that really does bring people together. And if you say that you're offering food, I'm not even kidding, especially at this age, people are so much more likely to come. It's just different, man. It is. You just, you say there's food and you're all sitting around eating. It's just different. It is. It's It's totally way more deep. (laughs) So I've just been challenged like, oh, you know, I should, 
I should just try to learn some things, even if they're, you know, I, I have to start simple, um, just start somewhere and do <laughs> you that. You me tomorrow. Oh help yeah. Me cook tomorrow start tomorrow. Woo. I am cooking a lot tomorrow. I'm, ch- I'm cooking chicken thighs on a grill, a charcoal grill, y'all. Charcoal grills are hard. Yeah. The last time I was making burgers on them, like I could not get that junk to stop flaming everywhere. I did not know what to do. <laughs> I feel like Paxson's low key like a fire hazard. Whenever he's making like killing. I really am. I do I do not make the best choices around fire. One time he used like real gasoline. You're really gonna bring that up from like on this, our huh? gas can that's for our car. <laughs> our, We're not gonna talk about that. Your almost exploded. And then one time something caught on fire and I was inside watching this unfold <laughs> outside. What was that? Something caught on fire and you like threw it on the ground and then like I just remember the grass was on fire. <laughs> like stomping everywhere. Bailey was here. That was the same situation. Oh. Where yeah. you used a gas can to fuel the fire. Look, man, I couldn't figure out how to get the charcoal to stay on fire. I mean, no, hey, I have no idea how to use a grill, so. That was at least a year and a half ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. So, anyways. It's I mean, hey, to I've burnt toast. You have I, burnt toast. Our literal kitchen has been full of smoke because of Good me grief. toasting something, so. I'm cooking good stuff tomorrow, though. Cooking some sausage with it, too, and some hot dogs for the kids. It's going to be good. Yeah. And we just, like, got some drinks. And so also in the book, Rosaria, is that her name? Yeah. The author um, talks about how she she invests in people. And so maybe she cuts out Netflix or something else out of her budget so she can um, just give an abundance to people. Yeah. Um, always have, you know, that's buying extra food, always having like grab and go things ready in her fridge, or maybe it's special drinks to make your guests feel really like cared for and special. And whenever we buy something for someone or put money towards someone, we don't look at it as us giving them a gift or, us just doing a formality. We literally look at it as us investing in someone else's life. Mm. And even just that perspective change just makes me want to give even more. It makes me want to invest in people's lives, whether it's buying their meal, maybe it's buying their favorite drink and having it ready whenever they come to your house or little things like that. You know, like even my friend's wedding showers coming up and instead of being like, Oh, it's another gift I have to buy. I, Think of it as, wow, this is an opportunity for me to invest in their marriage and to mm. invest in my friend's life. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, it kind of gives in to like my, uh, my spending spree sometimes because I'm just like, oh, I bet these people, I bet my friends would like um, <laughs> some bacon on around their sausage and all this. Oh, we could use the bacon for that. <laughs> Or even just That's like the bacon for the burgers. Okay, I was wondering why We're you came home burgers. with. Oh, you're right. Chicken thighs. Chicken thighs. Um, I was wondering why you came home with like five pounds of bacon. <laughs> Literally. That's why I've been planning like uh, to make actual breakfast or like do breakfast for dinner because we have so much bacon and I was just thinking yeah. we needed to use it. Yeah, we'll see. I, th- <laughs> I think that sounds good. That's and, fancy. Um, also, I buy drinks. I like to buy a lot of drinks. I bought some creamer that I don't usually 
I don't drink creamer in my coffee. Oh, yeah. We have, like, coffee set up for people now. Yeah, set that up. You know, I just want people to feel welcome. Yeah. I think a really easy way to do that is by having, like, specialty drinks, you know? Um, We have friends in our life, and they are just known for always having cool drinks in their fridge. And so it's kind of fun. They're always just like, yeah, help yourself. And so it's kind of fun just to go to their fridge and be like, ooh, what am I going to try today? (laughs) And... I, I don't know. I guess because specialty drinks is just something that I feel like most people don't just have. Or maybe that was just me growing up. We just had like water. Some pa- like some families will yeah, have soda. Sweet tea. Though. Yeah. Which is great though. But it's like, oh, this is a fancy sparkling soda with a different flavor. Like, I don't know. I it's wish just I had sweet tea right now. Oh, I had some tonight. But it's just oh, something like, oh, what? that's really thoughtful. So I agree. Okay, so we talked about where we were, and we talked about kind of where we're at now. Um, And our hope is that we only expand on this. Um, We also are planning like a worship night, you know, to do outside in like a week. And so... I just talked about that with her today. Oh, yeah. So we've been planning that. um, And it doesn't always, you know, I don't know if we'll always do a meal. Maybe it's just s'mores by the fire if, you know, we need to kind of save on budget a little bit. Um, And, or maybe it's just, we have a bunch of friends over who have babies and we set up a baby play area outside Mm -hmm. and we just all hang out. Um, So yeah, we talked about where we were, where we're at. So let's just kind of dream for a second and talk about where we'd like to go with it. In front of all these people? Yes. So I'll start. One of my dreams is to have a really cozy, nice guest bedroom. Did I steal yours? Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to keep going. So we used to have a guest bedroom. We have a three-bedroom house. And so obviously one bedroom is ours, one bedroom is Hazel. And then we weren't using the guest bedroom like a year ago. So we changed it to an office because I started a business at home and I really needed that space. So we do not have a guest bedroom. I would love to have space for a guest bedroom. Yeah. And just like really do it up, make it feel really homey so we can house people, whether they're just passing through, whether they want to visit friends and family in town and they don't want to pay for a hotel uh, yeah, yeah. or whether it's just a family in need. You know, maybe it's a yeah. couple going through a divorce and they're split and one of them needs Need a, place a place to stay or maybe a friend is kind of on the streets a little bit or, you know, things like that. I think it'd be really cool to have a guest bedroom. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. And you know what? The divorce thing is like, okay, the thing about this book that really challenged me was loving people that are sinners. And I don't just mean like we're all sinners, but I know of something that's happening right now of a couple that's getting divorced. And, um, I've heard plenty of stories like this, you know, um, where the man cheats and the woman has to leave. Obviously she don't want to stay. And, um, you know, situation like that where I'm like, all right, let's help this girl out and freak this guy. (laughs) Um, it's easy to do that, but this book really challenged me in that. It was like, you know, love everybody. And one thing that she brings up is, you know, Jesus, of course, sat with sinners, people that nobody liked in the community. 
like viciously hated. Um, but he also says to visit people in prison. Yeah. And that one hit me, man. Cause if you know anything about, uh, the gospels, you know, that there's a part where Jesus says people are coming to trying to get in heaven. He's like, well, you didn't feed me on the streets when I was homeless. You didn't clothe me when I was naked. You didn't visit me while I was in prison. You didn't well, give me a glass yeah. of water. And obviously he's not talking about himself because it was like a parable sort of situation. But um, he, you can see Jesus in people because they are made by God. And every single person, those in prison, are worthy of forgiveness. Yeah. If you're alive... You're worthy of forgiveness. And even if, you know, you're worthy of love too, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, we never want to put our family in danger, but, you know, I want those people, you know, that's my dream for the future, you know, um, to have opportunities where people actually hate somebody and like we can be there, you yeah. know, because there are plenty of people and they go unnoticed because, you know, if somebody, if you get shunned by a lot of people, you don't hear about them anymore. It just kind of happens. Yeah. And, or they leave your community, you know, it's not like we live in a commune, but you know, you just don't hear about them anymore. Oh, I saw you on Facebook the other day. Like what happened back then? You know? Yeah. So I don't know. That's part of my dream, but that's really just like a personal thing. Like I want to not only see those people, but also act on it, you know, cause those are the sort of people that get overlooked and get passed on like, ah, you're forgiven, but you know, go be yeah. forgiven somewhere else. So a couple things came to mind when you said that, um, the first one was I'm really challenged to see Jesus in people. Like if we looked at every single person, like I see Jesus in you because you bear his image, we would treat them a lot differently. The second thing is I'm starting to lose it. Well, here's one thing. Um, oh, it's really easy. Like in the Bible even talks about this. It, it's so easy to love people and to be hospitable to people we love and people who yeah, yeah. we feel like their sins aren't as bad, you know, so we'll welcome them in. But Jesus calls us to be that way towards everybody. And the third thing is I think it's really cool that we're having this kind of realization now. And I really want Hazel to grow up watching us live like that. And that's something I would love to instill in her and to model for her is just the way that yeah. we love people. And then, you know, we're talking about goals and dreams for the future. I would love to cultivate an environment or um, an atmosphere at our home where people just stop by, you know, like, hey, I was in the area and I just yeah. wanted to stop by or... I want to cultivate an atmosphere where people feel close enough to us, where they feel loved enough that when they really are in some of their darkest moments, maybe their deepest sins, that they feel like we're a safe place for them, where they feel like they can come to us in their darkest moments, not yeah. just in the good moments. And in turn, I want to do that with someone else. Like I want to turn to people in my darkest moments and lean on them for well, strength the when I don't have it. have. We always have had somebody there. Yeah, that's true. And we want to be those people too for others, you know. We still need those people in our lives. We're not trying to make ourselves out to be like, oh, we're better than everybody. Let's host everybody <laughs> yeah. at our house. You know, we go to parties, we get invited places, and we 
I will gratefully eat your food. <laughs> That's true. Anyways, One thing about Paxton is he's going to eat. I eat anybody's food. And um, she also talks about that in the book about you're either a host or a, a receiver. Guest. Yeah, host or a guest. And like always, you're always serving or you're always, wait, what? You're yeah. always hosting or you're always receiving. Yeah. And there's really no middle ground. I mean, you know, we're kind of younger, so like, yeah, there is middle ground because people are bringing sides. <laughs> but, you know, the point is, like, you're always one or the other, and uh, everybody is meant to be both, you know? Nobody's meant to just save everybody. Nobody's meant to serve every single person in the world and never be served themselves. Yeah, you know? it ebbs and flows. Yeah. One of my dreams is to host... I really love hosting like Christmas parties and or like a Thanksgiving. Although hosting Thanksgiving means you got to do a lot of the cooking and I don't think <laughs> I'm ready there yet. But I just would love to have a house that has more space to host people in that capacity. Yeah. I mean, we still do inside, but like I said, it does get crammed. And I would also love to love to have a place that um, is big enough to like throw showers for people, um, birthday parties we can just have at our house, that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, upon the, or about the guest bedroom too, we have, we only have one bathroom. And, um, you know, if you're not super close with somebody, that kind of makes it hard and awkward yeah. to, to live life, you know? Yeah. Having one bathroom. And it's not big. It's a really it's small bathroom. Really so, small. I mean, seriously, it's like four by five, I swear, you know, it's yeah. tiny. So, I mean like, yeah, five tiles in there. Yeah, literally. Um, so, you know, that, that does like actually bring some logistical problems into mm -hmm. the mix. Like we can't just host anybody. And I guess even if we were to set up that room to be a guest bedroom again, yeah. because there's not many people who are that close to, um, or would deem themselves close enough to us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or, yeah, be, we just want them to feel comfortable as well. Yeah, because, you know, our house is smaller right now. Our rooms are close together, and the bathroom's right in the middle of them. So, And you can hear everything in this house. Yeah. So anywhere at all times, you can hear anybody because we have wooden floors as well. So anyways, you know. The yeah. book was super inspiring to us and it's life changing. If you do want to listen to it or read it, <laughs> um, if you DM me on Instagram or Miley, you want the book, we'll just buy it for you. Ooh. <laughs> we so, might have to cap it at a number. So but. we'll cap it at a. Uh, dang, what are we going to say? Five? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You sure? There's five? Should I do more? I'm scared. I don't even know how much the book is. I don't actually know how much it is either. I mean, we'll, we'll is feel it out, you know, and it depends also on when people listen to this. Like, if they listen to it in a couple of weeks, like, we might, you know, <laughs> like, we might have more room. Just DM and we'll make it happen. Like, if DM you really us. do need, um, like, financial help in that we'd love to help you um also i was gonna say there are a couple she is kind of like a conservative perspective but i was actually really surprised because the book was written in what 2018 so there are yeah. still some very relevant things and what i really love is 
her perspective isn't just a traditional Christian perspective. She's not just a Christian woman who's been raised Christian her whole life. One second. <laughs> the book is $17. <coughs> yeah. DM us. Five people are going to get that book. It doesn't matter if you... <coughs> Dang, girl. It doesn't matter. Dude, my throat just then closed. It doesn't matter if you can buy it or not. Just DM us and we're going to get it for you, okay? Five people. And who knows? Maybe we'll go overboard because I'm not going to tell Miley who's DM'd me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, what I love is she's not a traditional Christian woman who's just grown up Christian her whole life. She was gay and was in a lesbian community. Um and she became a Christian and tells her perspective like from that lens and how she was loved really well by a Christian family when she was lesbian and now how she in turn um, just loves others with no agenda. Yeah. So, yeah, it's super inspiring. First five people. You going to get it. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see you in two weeks. That's the plan. We're going to keep doing this. Oh, yeah. This was a good um, one. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. So... We'll let you know how our get-together goes next week. <laughs> or in two weeks, we'll let you know how tomorrow goes. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, if you felt inspired, you know, uh, leave a rating or something. Or <coughs> message us. Or post it about what you loved most or about what inspired you or what you're going to do. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. of it, you know? And tag us so we can see it because it can easily go missed if we don't get tagged. Yeah. That's true. I follow, you know what's weird is I follow like 1,500 people. Like, do they post every day on their stories or something? Like, who am I missing? A lot of people. There's I can guarantee you probably see like maybe 30 people's stories a day. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine having 1,500 people in my life, right? That's nope. crazy. So, anyways, this we love fun. you guys. We love Thank you. Thank you for listening, and um, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.